Welcome to the Gratitude Podcast on www.georgeandbenta.com, where you'll hear a new story each week that will inspire more gratitude in your own life. Our mission is to inspire 100,000 people to discover how to feel gratitude and live a happy life through the amazing life stories of our successful guests and their actionable tips. And now, the host of our podcast, George and Benta. Hi, gratitude seekers, and welcome to a new episode of the Gratitude Podcast. Today, I want you to meet Corby Mitleid. She's a three-time breast cancer dancer. She went through two divorces and she's still here, still getting to get up in the morning instead of having to get up in the morning. She's living her passion with gratitude and sharing as much as she can. Is there anything you would like to add, Corby? Only that I'm delighted to be here. Um... A gratitude podcast is so necessary. What you're doing, especially today, with the craziness going on in the world, we need to remember that there is a reason we're here, and there's a reason that that fact is good. Thank you. Thank you so much. So let's get into it. Uh, My first question for you is, uh, what is your favorite question on gratitude and why? Your favorite quote, pardon. Favorite quote is how you introduced me. We get to get up in the morning. We don't have to get up in the morning. When I say that, it reminds us that we have 24 hours of possibility that we're not being dragged out of bed. When people say, oh, I have to go to this meeting, they're assuming the meeting will be awful. They're assuming that there's nothing of value. But when someone says, I get to go to this meeting today, your your immune system changes, your heart changes. It's I get to go. What will be there for me? What can I offer the world that maybe can make it a little better? Exactly. Where can I go play? Gratitude is play. Wow. I really didn't think of gratitude as play. It's it's really Mm -hmm. cool. Um, So um, you've been through a lot in your life. And uh, I know that, that... it wasn't easy to be grateful all the time. What do you do when it's hard to be grateful? Hug my cat, number one. <laughs> uh, get right into the present moment and remember what I have, I have gone through. Um, I have always been the different one in my family. Dad was a doctor. My mother was a nurse. My brother was a doctor. I was the weird one. I was the theater major. I was the one that could see ghosts and talk to dead people and hands-on healing made a difference. Uh, So I had to literally forge my own path. And as crazy as it was, it was very roller coaster, no breaks for a lot of it. I look at where I am right now at 61 in a good marriage with a career I love. And I remind myself, I agreed to be here. I signed up to be here with all of these tools, every, I'll put it in quotes, bad thing that ever happened to me, I teach with now. Who would I have been without all of that? I wouldn't have been as compassionate. I wouldn't have had as much where I could reach out to somebody else. I wouldn't have been that beacon of promise to so many people that says, I got through this and I'm not special. So can you. So that's why gratitude, it always bubbles beneath the surface with me to realize how much I was given, no matter how hard the path was. Wonderful, wonderful. It's, it's really 
amazing how you see things uh, in spite of all the things that happen. And I I believe that it takes courage to take uh, a path that's different from all your family and to to be yourself in spite of all the social conditioning and all of the things that are around you and make you fit into place somehow. And yes, that's really, really cool. So um, do you have uh, a meaningful experience uh, that made you into a more grateful person or were you like grateful all, all the time since you were born? No, I was one of those kids that parents roll their eyes and say, oh, let me tell you what she did today. Um, <laughs> the place that taught me the attitude of gratitude is a wonderful organization in Western Massachusetts. It's called the Option Institute. Uh, it's run by Barry and Samaria Kaufman, and it's been around since the 80s. Um, their story is they had a very autistic little boy named Ron And Ron was tested with an IQ of 30 and everyone said, it's a vegetable, put it away. And they said, no, we know he's in there and we love him no matter what. So we're going to enter into his world. So they developed something called the Sunrise Program and they worked with Ron seven days a week, 12 hours a day for three and a half years, brought him out of the autism. Ron graduated cum laude from one of our best universities, lectured all over the world and is now one of the CEOs at the Institute. When Um, you can take things as they did with the idea of choosing to be happy, literally happiness is a choice, then that folds over into gratitude. It hit me most, as you say, um, I'm a three-time cancer dancer. Words are so important. I will never say I fought cancer because what you fight fights back. Yeah. I did not survive the cancer because I'm doing a lot more than hanging on by teeth and toenails. A cancer dancer finds out how graceful they can be under pressure, avoids getting their toes stepped on, and gets off the dance floor in one piece. So I said, cancer dancer. First bout was in 1989 when I was acting in New York. Had no record of it in the family. Four lumpectomies, radiation, while I was doing off-Broadway. Got through it. In 2000, there was Paget, which is a particular kind of skin cancer on the breast from the radiation they had given me. <laughs> Took that off. So they were scarred, they were misshapen, but they were still there. Meanwhile, after two bad marriages, I found the man of my dreams. We had a great marriage for a year and a half, and then all of a sudden, um, they found what they called a second primary. Didn't, it's not a metastatic. It, they turned the clock back to zero. But the doctor said, okay, three times you're out. We're going to take the breast, we're going to take your ovaries, and you're going to go from this Dolly Parton figure, which I had, to a fire plug with lots of side effects in four months. Suck it up. They don't give you choices here. They tell you what you're going to do. So for 24 hours, did I cry? Yes. Who was I going to be? I had no idea. I was 49. But I said, okay, what did option tell you? Find the happy. So I didn't care how stupid it sounded. I was going to find three things that were good. Okay. Number one, you don't have them. You can't get cancer there. Number two, you're a guy you don't know, but when they do the mammograms, it hurts. Never going to get those again. Implants means I'm going to look like I'm 24 until I'm 93. I can deal with this. (laughs) You know, women 
laugh at this because it's so outrageous. But it worked. So that when they got me into the hospital three weeks later and they put me on the, the pre-surgery stuff, uh, fentanyl and Versed, it's a great cocktail. It puts you out at the corner of left field and space cadet. And I looked at the two surgeons and I said to one of them, you got three hours for the demolition work and my plastic surgeon, you got three hours for the front end alignment. I want to be out of here in six. Gone. (laughs) I was out of the hospital in three days and shopped for a bathing suit in five. Massachusetts General Hospital said they had never seen that in 15 years, a double mast and and reconstruction that quickly out the door. And there's been no recurrence. Had great doctors. A lot of it is this. Understanding also why I chose the cancer. And that leads you into the work that I did with Robert Schwartz in his book series, Your Soul's Plan and Your Soul's Gift. Karma is not carrot and stick, guys. It just isn't. It's five things. It's unbalanced energy, healing, service, contrast. You have to be both rich and poor to understand abundance. And healing of beliefs. And what my soul came in to learn is the worth of women, who I am when I'm not using the body as a billboard, a bargaining chip, all the things that American women are taught to do. And they gave me two chances to learn that before the third bout of cancer. But then when I wasn't getting the message, basically my soul said, look, we need you down there for a long time. You got a lot of work to do. So we're going to remove the problem. Now, when you look at it that way, it's not, oh, poor me. Why did I have to get cancer? It's not fair. It's totally taking responsibility, the ability to respond from what happened. And I get past it. It's funny. I don't really talk about myself as having dealt with cancer often. A lot of women, that's how they identify themselves. That's the first thing they say. Me, it was part of what I did. But now I've moved forward. I've taken the lessons from it. It moved on. And that's another reason. Be grateful for what you had, but then move on grow, change, find more reasons to be grateful. Don't just stick with one. Yeah, I totally agree that we, we can be grateful for the life we have right now or for the experiences that we had. That doesn't mean that yes. we don't want something more or something better. It just means that we are grateful for what is or what was at one point. And uh, wow, <laughs> your story is amazing. And it's so... I don't know. You think I, I'm so used to it. Everyone yeah. says it's amazing. It, it, it's when I say it stopped being amazing to me, uh, how well I did will always amaze me. But I, I keep telling my clients and audiences that I am not special. You can do what I do. It's just a matter of looking at your life. The way I describe it is, as a Martian detective, we judge so much, okay? If you had water coming out of your eyes, I might look at you and say, why are you crying? And that might be wrong, but a Martian would look at you and go, why is there water coming from your eyes? And the Martian would be right, because maybe you have allergies, or maybe you have contact lens problems, or maybe there's an emotional basis. When we do not judge but just ask about what we see. Questions are wonderful things. Then all the possibilities open up. 
and there's more opportunity to be gratitude uh, to be grateful if you're not immediately judging something as a problem, but just see what it's bringing you. Ask good questions. And what would some good questions be to? Because it's it's really interesting that uh, I began asking you what is your favorite uh, question on gratitude. This never ha- happened before, and I think it might not be something that's uh, just a mistake. So, do you have some questions that get you into uh, a positive, uh, grateful uh, vibe? Always, always, and it's again, it's, it goes back to the Option Institute. Life comes down to three things: what are we unhappy about? Why are we unhappy about that? What do we think would happen if we stopped being unhappy about that? Hmm. We assume that we have to react negatively. Um, Great way, divorce. Most people think divorce is horrible. The person I was married to before my Carl just one day up and said, all right, I'm done. We're getting a divorce. I'm moving to California. You're not invited. I was living in Atlanta at the time, and I'm from New York. As I say here, I'm not a magnolia, I'm a bagel. I really needed to be back home. But for three weeks, I played the wounded wife. And then I said to myself, what do I really want? And I said, I want my friend, because he and I had been friends for years. So I went to him and said, okay, if you want to leave the marriage, I won't stop you. But I want to keep my friend. How do we do that? Instantly, everything changed. We did everything on a handshake. We stayed friends for years. He died unexpectedly in 2007, and the following March, right around my birthday, he very clearly came in, in a spiritualist church in Rochester, New York, with so many details that this poor rookie channel didn't know what to do with. And gratitude for that. Instead of being mad at Rich for divorcing me, I was grateful for our friendship. I was grateful for the fact that he was willing to do everything on a handshake. I was wonderfully grateful that he took very good care of me financially while I got myself on my feet. And I'm grateful that he made one last visit after he was dead to come and wish me a happy birthday because we never missed each other's birthdays. Wow. That's so beautiful. What would happen if you stopped being angry, upset, hard done by? What if you said instead, what, is in this that I can use. It's called living the examined life. When you live the examined life, everything is up literally for examination and you can see what good can come out of this. Wonderful. It's easy. It really is. It sure is. And um, I even see myself doing this sometimes. Um, I uh, hold to negative feelings uh, and sometimes I realize that it's not the fact that something is happening on the outside, it's the fact that I have to keep that feeling in order for me to feel protected from the outside in one way or another. It's really interesting because I could choose actually to be grateful in that moment, but I have to be, I have to be mad, I have to be whatever, sad or something because somehow I feel that I'm I'm safer that way instead of choosing something more positive like happiness. Good observation. I feel safer. You know, yeah. what are you unhappy about? Why am I unhappy about that? Because I feel safer being unhappy. Exactly. Exactly. 
So, and that can lead you to the other, the other questions. And I would never say to anyone, you should never feel angry. You should never have grief. You should always be happy. That's not the human condition. Yeah, um, I totally agree. Acknowledge the feelings, but then you can choose to move away from them asking the simple question. Exactly. So what do you do after you ask this question? You understand that um, you don't have to choose to be in that state. Again, you get to choose otherwise. Oh, yeah. Okay. Um, and, you know, uh, in, in the work I do as an intuitive counselor, a psychic medium, a lot of mothers come to me, my child, it's terrible. He's doing blah, 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 blah. And he's not listening. I said, Jaskin, what do you mean did I ask him? And we role play. And she comes up with the kids saying, I don't want to have to do my homework. I think it's a waste. Her normal answer is, do your homework. And I say, what if you looked at him and said, why do you think your homework's a waste? And they look at me like I'm teaching them to speak Mandarin. <laughs> a kid is always told, do this, never gets asked, which is why they fight so hard to be heard. When you start asking your child things, um, very quick story, there was a man who was in a very bad accident, badly scarred in the face. He thought everybody looked at him as if he was you know, this horrible monster. He learned how to do this questioning aspect. When he went home, tucked his little girl into bed, she grabbed his face, she smooshed it next to hers and said, this would be a great picture, Daddy, but it would be better if Mommy's face were in the picture. Now, the old him would have thought, even my daughter thinks I'm ugly. Instead, he looked at her, asked her the question, why would it be better if mommy's face were in the picture? And she looked at him and said, because mommy can't hold the camera still and you take the pictures. Boom. <laughs> Ask the question. He took away a possible heart-rending grief and instead found out the kid thinks he's a good photographer. Questions are magic. Questions are doorways to everything. Yeah, I, I struggled with this also for a lot of time. Um, I... I didn't ask questions. I I presupposed things, and I reacted on the things that I I thought that were they, they were true. And now, I I try as much as I can to ask. Okay, did I understand right? Is this what you wanted to say actually? Or, and I I believe that this this is very powerful because we can. I'm imagining the situation uh, in which he would have been as a father. And thinking about, oh my God, even my my uh, my daughter doesn't like me. It's heartbreaking. What am I going to do? It's and instead, just by asking a simple question, wow. He found out she didn't see him as any different. It's just Daddy. That's so beautiful. Very beautiful story. So, um, if we are at this point talking about children. Um, what would you tell your younger self uh, about gratitude? It's funny. There's, there's a meme going around, you know, in three words, what would you want to tell your higher self or your kid self or whatever? And I think I'd want to tell her, you'll make it. You'll make it. As far as gratitude goes, it was very hard for me when I was a teenager with all of the things that happened, to be grateful. What I would 
hope that I could teach her is everything you're going through now will have value later. Be grateful for the possibilities, even if right now stinks. Because when we're in the middle of our pity party, we're not listening very well. That's why someone the other day has said, well, when I'm in the middle of this horrible depression, I can't feel grateful for anything. It all feels like it's there forever. What do you do? And I said, do I get depressed? Yeah, it runs in the family. But when I'm feeling myself that down, I force myself to close my eyes and imagine myself in the bottom of a pit and I look up and I can see the edge and the sky. That tells me there is a way out that I'm not stuck there. When we're in our depressive state, it, it, it's, we just, we think we're in there forever. We're surrounded in this mud ball, this cave with no, no exit. But when we think about ourselves and say, there's the pit and it's the edge and I'm in the pit, but there's a way out. That's the start of the climb up. It's, you know, sometimes life, is not fair and not fun. So that's when you need that ladder one step at a time. Yeah, I totally agree. And it's really interesting how, for instance, movies and uh, the media um, makes you see life like it's supposed to be all sunshine and rainbows and all perfect and you have to be happy all the time. Um, And actually we have all kinds of challenges and uh, we go through ups and downs and, Sometimes we are happy, sometimes we are sad, and that's okay. It's, it's the, way, the way it goes. For me, for instance, uh, a while, it was like, why am I not happy? I'm supposed to be happy. The people on TV seem to be happy. The people in the movies seem to be happy. Why am, what's wrong with me? <laughs> and uh, I think I'm not the only movies one. Movies television, that's <laughs> fantasy land. Truly, it's fantasy land. Mm-hmm. You know, we in the States are dealing with a reality show contestant for our president. And part of the problem is so many people don't get that it's a vision, it's a costume, it's a personality, it's not reality, what they're presenting. So don't ever compare yourself to what's on TV or in magazines or in books there are memes that go around and say, well, you know, you have the same 24 hours as Helen Keller and Albert Einstein and blah, blah, and don't complain. Look, we live in a 24-7 world where, at least in the United States, business does not respect your time. You are supposed to be on call 24-7. The news cycle is 24-7. We are constantly plugged into everyone. There are far more expenses than there used to be. You used to have three channels of television in the state you didn't pay for it. Now people have cable bills of $200. So don't compare yourself with who there was before and everything that they could do. The only person you compare yourself with is the one in the mirror. <laughs> and you do it kindly and compassionately. And you say, what are we going to do today to that reflection? Do not beat yourself up. Because when you compare yourself to somebody else, that's judgment again. You're not them. They're not you. They didn't live what you lived. Exactly. Exactly. And what uh, I realized at one point is that we don't have any um, role models to uh, 
that talk about appreciating yourself and not about, okay, you, you need to buy that to be more beautiful. You need to buy that to be more attractive. You need to buy that to, I don't know. Um, it's always about, yeah. Listening to somebody else. Yeah. Um, I've got a book coming out in January. It's the first of three in the self-development project, and it's called Clean Out Your Life Closet. And oh, wonderful. <laughs> what I point out is, you know, we all buy these self-help books, dozens, hundreds, and we think they're going to tell us what to do. And sometimes they're good and sometimes they're not. And I know that I have 150 on my shelf and I've read maybe 12 that I talk <laughs> here. And so, you know, so why are they going to buy mine? It's because my book is only complete when the reader works with me. It's all about their life. I can tell you what I've got, but there are very few musts in my book. At the end of each chapter are the adventure pages where you get to play with the ideas within your life. How does it work for you? What's a situation you can think of that it worked? And at the end of it, I tell people, you know, it's the discovery page. And I encourage people, we all have tarot cards or divination cards. We all know what these things are to basically draw your own. You take a couple of things from my chapter that really resonated for you, write them on top, and then draw or collage or whatever the picture that has some meaning for you. By the end of your reading the book, you've got your own deck. You don't need me. <laughs> it's giving people permission to own their knowing and not compare it with mine or any other authors that I think is going to resonate with so many people. Second book, that's about cleaning out your closet. The second book is going to be about choosing differently, and that's going to be called The Big Reboot. And the third one is how to create a life that you want through Be Your Own Masterpiece. Um, you talk about gratitude. If I hadn't gone through everything I went through in my life, these books could not have been written. Mm, I'm sure. So I'm sure. I am grateful for all the crud, all the hurts, all the disappointments, all the fears, because then I was able to put them through the word sculpting hopper up here. <laughs> and put them in a way that will help others, which is what I'm here to do. It's what we're all here to do is make a difference at least to one other person in the world. Yeah, exactly. So, exactly. January is the hard copy. You'll be able to get it on Kindle around Christmas. Perfect. Perfect. So um, do you do something uh, consistently that uh, helps you to be a more grateful person do you have like an activity a practice that you do it's just i realize how lucky i am and i always always try to pay it forward uh, someone is behind me in the coffee shop and I have one of those little cards that you prepay like at Starbucks or Panera Bread. And I don't even ask. I just lean over, talk to the cashier, and say, this person behind me, whatever theirs is, just charge it on my card. And they're blown away, and I just grin and say, pay it forward. What I'm grateful for is I can do that. I've got the money to do that. I've got the heart to do that. I look at someone... Who, whose life is different because I sat with them, I talked to them, I helped them reach their deceased loved ones. And I go, look what I have been given to do. Me. And I'm not special. But I have been granted this wonderful opportunity. And because this is my full-time work, six days a week, every day, 
my work is practicing gratitude. My work is thank you for letting me earn my living this way. Thank you for letting me make a difference. Thank you for letting me write, which is, I call words, my drug of choice and <laughs> have people read it and love it. Thank you for having, for having given me a husband who gets what I do, even though it's foreign to what he does. He's a museum director Whoa. up here. <laughs> he works with verifiable historical fact. I work with weird stuff, but we support each other like this because we believe in each other. That's so amazing. You know, you want another gratitude? Four words trump three words. I believe in you trumps I love you to me. Because you can love someone and not really believe in them. But when you believe in someone, you absolutely love them. Hmm. So that's why I believe in you is on the inside of my wedding room for my husband. That's, that's really beautiful. And it's really important because you live together, you uh, create a life together and uh, being able to support each other. It's awesome. Mm -hmm. And uh, it's great that you, you began to talk about uh, your husband, because uh, what I want to ask you next is if you have some people in your life that uh, you are grateful for and that you would like to mention. Absolutely. My husband is number one. Uh, I'm grateful for my late but beloved father who taught me to love words and always ask the next question. I am grateful for the two crazy cats I own because when my ego needs puncturing, you know, this cat in your face, that, that'll do it right there. <laughs> I'm grateful for um, so many people in my life, even the ones that I've lost touch with, because they taught me what I did not want to be. They taught me how I did not want to be treated. But if they hadn't shown me that, I wouldn't have owned it and made my life more self-caring. And to be honest, any, any client who sits down with me and lowers their, their shields and says, I trust you to help me, I am grateful for them because that's a huge responsibility, but their trust has enabled me to live the career I want. And I've had a lot. I've been an actress, an author, an inspirational speaker, an executive recruiter for engineering and manufacturing, a video producer, a legal assistant. It took me a long time to find what was good for me, but what it did is it formed my sentence of passion for me, which is cross the bridge from fear to fearlessness and fly. Our sentence of passion is not who we are or what we do or even how we do it. It's our vapor trail. So that when we go skidding into heaven on ball tires and fumes in the tank, and God hands us a cup of coffee and says, I want to know what you did, you hold these wonderful experiences up and say, look what I got to do. It's so cool. <laughs> and so my cross the bridge from fear to fearlessness and fly. When I can take somebody from point A to point B when they thought they couldn't make it, Tap them on the shoulder, say, here are your wings. You don't need a flight plan. Now get, I'm living my passion. And every single person that comes to me and sits with me, they're offering me the chance to live my passion. How could I not be grateful for that? Amazing. Amazing. I like the way you use the words and uh, how you, you. you can feel the passion. And that's, that's uh the thing, yeah. Yes. 
Awesome. Awesome. So I wanted to ask you uh, if you have some book recommendations, but uh, you already yes. gave them. <laughs> okay. Um, okay. If you want to understand what I talked about with karma and pre-birth planning, that's Robert Schwartz, Your Soul's Plan and Your Soul's Gift. If you want to really learn about forgiveness, that it's not, it's okay that you hurt me and you could hurt me again, but I totally unlock the energy and let it go. Colon tipping, T-I-P-P-I-N-G, radical forgiveness and radical self-forgiveness. Mm, yeah. The book's by Barry Neal Kaufman that changed my life. To love is to be happy with and happiness is a choice. And of course, I'm going to recommend my own book, Clean Out Your Life Closet. Of course. Which will deal with clarity, adaptability, simplicity, and stress. We all have those four things in our lives. You may find a few things useful. Wonderful, wonderful. So um, where can people find you, Corby? Where can Well, I live in upstate New York in the middle of a 12-acre hayfield. I don't think you're going to need to do that. You can <laughs> find me at my website, which is corbymidlive.com. You can find me on Facebook at Fire Through Spirit, and especially about the books, The Self-Development Project. You can find me on Twitter with Corby Mitlide, but warning, somebody else has yeah, is masturbating. <laughs> look for this face. And it's at Corby Mitlide, not love psychic for why. Yeah. So, <laughs> uh, I'm on Pinterest. I think it's good that people, if people copy you, it means that uh, they like you. It means that they look up to you. I think it's something to be grateful for that you reach this level. <laughs> well, I wish I could say that, but this is merely a Florida uh, psychic website that is trading on the fact that I'm a known psychic and that it's clickbait and gets you over there. So yeah. if you don't see this space and it's not at Corby Midlide, not the real Corby. All right. All right. So thank you very much, Corby, for being here and for sharing these amazing things with us. And uh, if you have something that you would like to, to say uh, in the end. Mm -hmm. I invite every single one of your people out there to start the morning gratitude page. Even when you wake up as an absolute grumpus, sit down. And seriously write out six things you're grateful for. And not just, I'm grateful for my home, I'm grateful for my family. Things like, I'm grateful my legs work this morning. I'm grateful we have heat. I'm grateful I had enough food yesterday. I'm grateful I can still put thoughts down on paper. When you bring gratitude down to those simple things, I'm grateful that I had coffee with a friend yesterday you'll realize how much you really have in your life. And you'll find you really do get to get up in the morning instead of have to get up in the morning every single day. Exactly. Beautifully said. Thank you, Corby. Thank you so much for being uh, here with us. And uh, people can find you where you said, and if they want to continue the communication with you, they can go there. So thank you. Thank you very much for being here and uh, have a nice day.
Thank you for listening to our weekly podcast. Help us reach our goal of inspiring 100,000 people by sharing this podcast with your loved ones, with your Facebook friends. And if you loved this episode, please write a review on iTunes. Search for the Gratitude Podcast. By the way, what are you grateful for right now? For you, the listener of the Gratitude Podcast, Audible is offering a free audiobook download with a free 30-day trial to give you the opportunity to check out their service. To download your free audiobook today, go to audibletrial.com slash grateful. Again, that's audibletrial.com slash grateful for your free audiobook.